0: Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at Dr-History.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. Before we get started, I want to thank a few people that have written in. Kelly uh sent me some information i did a show about snowshoe thompson a while back and evidently there's a song snowshoe thompson sung by johnny horton and also tennessee ernie ford so thanks i was able to pull those up and listen also to john i did a show about the black hills gold and we weren't sure how much three hundred thousand dollars worth of gold back then would be worth today and according to john be worth about 20 million dollars and Schuyler, Skylar's over in Wyoming. He works on a buffalo ranch, 30,000 acres. They have 4,000 buffalo, and uh, he uh, they raise it for other uh, herds uh, to replace and also for meat for restaurants and one thing another. He also has, uh, in his travels on that 30,000 acres, has run across uh, areas where you can see where teepees were once set up where Indians had camped for a, a season. And Kathy asked me about a show about uh, Sacagawea's son, uh, Baptiste Charbonneau. So Kathy, you're going to have to go back to February 18th, 2014. I did a show about him, pretty interesting guy, so you might want to go back to February 18th of 2014. Now today I'm going to tell you about a guy by the name of Doc Zal. The last name is spelled Z-A-H-L. Now, I want you to picture this, folks. Doc Zal crouched in the shelter of a boulder. He's got his rifle raised. He shoots, and a 2,000-pound bull buffalo turned in a half circle and sank to the ground in the prairie dust. Well, the herd grazed on, taking no notice. Another shot rang out, and another, and another, until 107 107 animals had fallen. Well, this tall, lean legged hunter emerged from his hiding place, Doxal at 27, a veteran hunter, signaled to his four skinners. And together, they took off towards the herd. Well, the wind changed, and the animals smelled them coming, and they took off in terror and stampeded over the hills and disappeared. When one skinner returned to camp that evening, he reported that Zal had actually shot 127 buffalo in one hour. Those who knew Doc Zoll found the story that uh, it was pretty credible. He was the only hunter in Montana Territory at the time that could keep four instead of the usual two skinners busy. So Frederick was his real name, Doc Zoll, had come to the United States from Germany in early spring 1868 with his brother Frank. Now, on the way to the train station, they passed a second-hand bookstore. Look, Frank said, and he stopped his brother, there's a book written in German, The Adventures of Buffalo Bill. Well, the boys bought the book and for three German coins, which was equivalent to about 10 cents in American. Four days later, the boys arrived in Morris, Minnesota, to live with their older brothers, William and Julius. For the next eight years, Frederick and Frank stayed near Morris, working on farms in the summer, trapping muskrats and mink in the winter. The boys learned to ride and to shoot and never tired of acting out scenes from that book they bought about Buffalo Bill. Well, in 1874, gold was discovered in the Black Hills, and by the spring of 76, adventurers were invading Dakota territory. Frederick, now known as Duck, and Frank equipped themselves with a team, wagon camp, outfit, rifles, and followed a wagon train southwest to Fort Sully, which is about 18 miles north of Pierre, Dakota Territory. Now here, Doc shot his first buffalo, or I should say he tried to. Okay, picture this. Doc and Frank were riding a few miles from the fort when they spotted a herd of about 200 buffalo. They dismounted. They crept close. Doc took aim at one of the biggest buffalo and fired. Well, with the plunge, the injured animal broke toward open country. The rest of the herd followed. Doc did not get his buffalo. So that night, Doc told the story of his adventure to a seasoned hunter. The hunter just laughed and said, quote, You might be a good shot, son, but you've got a lot to learn about buffalo. Well, the hunter then revealed the, uh, what they call the buffalo punch shot. An unspectacular but successful way to make a kill on a buffalo. So he went on. He said the target was the kidney area just below the back and just ahead of the hip bone. A bullet that enters this spot will sicken the animal. He will collapse and die without creating a disturbance. A shot in any other part of the body would just madden him and stampede the whole herd. Well, shortly after this, Doc and Frank joined a wagon train headed for Deadwood, center of the gold region. And here the boys found employment at a lodging house. Doc spent all his money uh, or his earnings on ammunition and all his spare time shooting buffalo. And the punch shot advice from the hunter enforced Fort Sully paid off. And Doc never again wasted two bullets on one animal. Well, he made extra money by running errands, and one evening was asked to deliver a message in one of Deadwood's many saloons. It was August 2nd, 1876. Doc was talking to the bartender when a shot rang out, and a figure streaked out the swinging doors. At a poker table, one of the players slumped in his chair. Who's that, Doc asked, pointing to the motionless figure. Well, a stricken look spread on the bartender's face, and he said, quote, That was Wild Bill Hickok. So Doc was in that very saloon when Wild Bill met his end. Well, in September, Doc won a rifle match against Deadwood's leading citizens, which were mostly gamblers, renegades, and horse thieves. The $250 prize money set him up in business as a buffalo hunter with three wagons, 11 horses, six guns, and a grub state. Now Doc used the buffalo carcass, much as the Indians did. Buffalo meat tasted like beef— Skins provided a shelter and blankets. The bone marrow was cooked into a thick substance called Indian butter, which they say is delicious on sourdough bread. Now, folks, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a restaurant where they uh, served bone marrow, and I tried it, and that's all I ever need to try. But buffalo hides were the real purpose of the hunt. A prime hide from a buffalo cow or bull under three years old was worth about four dollars. The less desirable hides from calves or older animals were worth from a dollar to three dollars. And during the summer of 1877, the United States Army hired the boys to rebury the soldiers who fell at the Custer battlefield. The corpses had been buried in shallow graves the year before, and the Montana battlefield was now covered with exposed bones. Now every precaution was taken to identify the body of General Custer, but according to Doc, Custer still may be buried with his men in one large grave on the banks of the Little Bighorn. Now, folks, the article I'm taking this from was written in 1970, and I wonder if by now they've been able to do DNA testing. Uh, They've done a lot of research up there at the battlefield, and it's an amazing place to go visit. So they may well have identified Custer as well as his brother and some of the other family members up there. But Doc and Frank returned to the Black Hills for the fall buffalo hunt. And the Zoll Outfit became a familiar sight all over Dakota Territory. Dock was a soft touch for a handout, and bands of Indians Indians actually followed the wagons for the buffalo meat. So he didn't really waste the, the meat and leave it to rot on the plains like some other buffalo hunters did. Well, the winter of 77 was profitable, but the buffalo were moving west, and the summer of 1878 found the boys near Fort Keogh, which is now Miles City, Montana. Now, from 1878 to 1883, uh, about five years, Doc did little else than hunt buffalo and scout for parties of sportsmen that were on hunts. A scouting expedition with Doc always guaranteed even the most inexperienced rookie hunter of getting a trophy, thanks to Doc's keen sense of timing and marksmanship. After a rookie marksman had missed too many shots, Doc would raise his rifle and shoot at the same time as the rookie, thus making sure he got a buffalo head and a robe. Now, reportedly, this help was given to Theodore Roosevelt. Now, years later, Roosevelt became a crack shot in his own right, but the buffalo head, which hung in the White House, may have been a bull actually dropped by Doc Zoll. Well, we move ahead to the summer of 1883. Doc and Frank enlarged their buffalo hunting business, and they were able to uh, obtain unlimited credit. They built a new hotel. They enlarged the sleeping and eating accommodations for the hunters that were swarming into Montana territory around Fort Keogh, and everyone anticipated another good year. Well, the buffalo were in Canada for the summer and were expected to return by the end of August or the first part of September. So the visiting hunters started to arrive in the middle of August, and they filled the hotels to bursting. Uh, The crowd was, there was so many that the accommodations weren't so good. Some of the visitors had to do their sleeping as well as their drinking on hard chairs in the saloons. The end of August came, but the buffalo had not returned. The hunters loafed around the bars and gambled in their hotel rooms. September 1st arrived, then September 15th, but still there were no buffalo. Well, but now a lot of the hunters went home. Doc sent his scouts as far as the Canadian border to watch for the herds. Well, the scouts came back and they reported that only a few of these great shaggy beasts were on the prairie. The hunters waited through October and part of November, all in vain, nothing showed up. The buffalo had been hunted in greater and greater numbers on both the plains and in the southwest, and they were constantly on the move. Their natural habits were disturbed, they were lean, they were tired, they'd been caught by a severe storm up in Canada, and it pretty well wiped out the last of these thundering herds of buffalo. So by December of 1883, everyone realized that the days of the buffalo were gone. Well, Frank went back to Morris and later served as a sheriff for 14 years. Doc stayed on in what is still known as Buffalo Land. Now, this is something interesting, folks. He met Charles Russell. And a lot of you, I know, will know, recognize that name, famous painter. Charles Russell was out of a job. He was too sick to paint. Doc took Russell back to his camp and fed the artist for six months while he recovered from a severe attack of pneumonia. When Russell got well, he was back again in the saloons, painting a picture for a drink and drawing a sketch for a handout. Finally, Doc gave Russell fifty dollars, bundled him up onto a stagecoach from miles City and in nineteen twelve Russell sent Doc a check for a thousand dollars a token of gratitude for basically saving his life. Well, Doc saved the check for several years then decided to cash it and buy one of Russell's paintings. Well by that time, the check wasn't big enough to even buy a sketch drawn by this former drunk derelict so Here he is. He saved the life, basically, of Russell. Well, at the time of Doc's death, February 10th, 1918, he was operating a large cattle ranch near the town in North Dakota, which bears his name. So evidently there's a town called Zoll up there in North Dakota. But an interesting guy. saved Charlie Russell. He was there when Wild Bill got uh, killed and uh, was a buffalo hunter. But uh, that's the story of Doc Zoll and folks. I hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you next week.